Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, Peachy Patra. Today's episode, we will be talking all about dads, fathers, the difference between the two, and how both of them impacted me growing up. We will also be touching a little bit on how to teach kids their legacy properly and how honesty can heal hurt within children. So I was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and we lived there for the first few years of my life. And when we did, it was me, my mom, and my older sister, and we lived in this smaller house, and it was a two-bedroom house. And what I found out later in life is that my mom had actually slept on the couch so that my sister and I could have our own rooms. We were both under age 10. Like, she really could have shoved us in some bunk beds and got on with her day. But I think that really shows how selfless and empathetic she is as an individual. So fast forward a year or two um, from kind of this household dynamic. That's when I was five, my mom got married. And when I was four, our dad ended up adopting us. And so the agreement, obviously, I wasn't there. But from my understanding was that uh, between him and my biological father was that he had to be able to provide a good life for me and love and take care of me which obviously he has done an excellent job of. I think one of the things that he doesn't really give himself enough credit for is that at the time he was 29 or 30 and, you know, all of a sudden he's got a four-year-old and a 10-year-old that he's taking care of and he's stepped into fully as a father figure and he did an incredible job. And it's one thing that I took for granted growing up because it wasn't until I was in college and I had friends that were dating and friends that were single parents and they were trying really hard to find someone that that would even just respect that they had a child and, you know, help out every so often. But just to even love that child as if they were your own, I think is something that a lot of these step parents um, and blended families don't get enough credit for, which I think is really important because it makes a big impact on that child and how they're raised and their values as they grow up. Because... Attachment theory plays a big role in growing up and social dynamics into adulthood. Attachment theory is essentially a set of concepts that explains the emotional bond between an infant or a child between one and three years old and their primary caregivers or the primary people that they have those interactions with. And the bond that they have at this time and the interactions that they have affect the behavioral and emotional development And that affects how they interact with people as they go into adulthood. There are four different attachment styles. So there is secure, which is autonomous, avoidant, which is a dismissive relationship, anxious, which is preoccupied, and disorganized, which is unresolved. And these attachment styles can actually carry with you through future relationships. Um, And if you even go into as far as looking at, you know, dating books and relationship books when you're older and you go into adulthood, a lot of them ask, what is your attachment style? Because you need to understand that. Um, And have your partner understand that to truly be able to connect with each other and have a solid bond that's built in trust and is secure for both of you. So for someone like me, I did have a good relationship with both of these primary caregivers in these early years. And through work with my therapist and counselor, I have determined more that a lot of the relationship issues and issues that I had with men in adolescence 
and early adulthood were more associated with trauma and other things like that that I experienced growing up. So if we rewind a little bit just before this attachment style thing, um, you know, and we go more into the adoption side of things. So he actually adopted me before they got married, which sucks for him because if that wouldn't have worked out, he still would have been stuck with me. But you can't ever tell the difference between how he treats me and my older sister versus how he treats my younger brother, who is his biological child. He and his family do an incredible job of making sure that we are all treated with the same amount of love and respect. And I think that's something that's extremely rare to come across because a lot of times in blended families, it's obvious that it's a blended family. However, you can never tell with our household. We are all just as close and we all have the same bonds and connections. And I think it's a really beautiful thing for children to be able to have that growing up because that definitely was a really big thing for me. And it has turned me into a very family oriented individual and knowing the importance of having that family that's there for you. And sometimes it's a choice and sometimes it's not a choice. And chosen family can be more important than your given family. However, when it comes together and it's both, I just think it's pretty awesome and it worked out well for me. One thing that I found really fascinating during this journey is that you read a lot of books and especially childhood books and different opinion pieces online about nature versus nurture. However, through my personal experience, I would say that it's more nature and nurture because there are certain personality traits that I have developed from my dad. And then, you know, I'll be hanging out with my sister, Jordan, who grew up with my biological father and has a different mom. And she'll be like, oh, you do this exactly like him. Or, you know, she'll be like, oh, you are definitely his daughter because this was the exact song that he used to play all the time. And I think it's weird things like that, that are personality traits that you can get from multiple people whether you surround yourself with them or not and so it's things like I know that being more handy and hands-on and solving my own problems is something that I developed and learned from my dad however when it comes to you know my music style my pop culture style and you know the fact that I enjoy writing poetry and reading poetry and these are things that I got from my father whom didn't raise me and didn't spend that time with me growing up. And these are things that I learned later in life, which I found really fascinating because it's something that, you know, my other siblings also all have in common, but obviously it's more learned from them. As normal as our family dynamic felt to me, I always recognized that it was a little bit weird whenever, you know, someone would come into the house or, you know, I would invite a friend over. And there were a lot of times in middle school and high school where I would have a friend over and they'd walk in expecting like a black family and they're all just sitting there white. And it's kind of, you know, they often would ask these questions like, oh, like, are you adopted all this? I'm like, no, this is my family. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, as much as I was adopted, this is my blood family. This is who I belong to. This is who made me. All of that. My dad's favorite example of this was someone I was dating and he was coming to the house for the first time and we had never, 
Like, he wasn't coming into the house, but he was picking me up. And we had never discussed my family or family dynamic prior to this. So they didn't, he didn't know what they looked like or that they were white or anything like this. And so his phone had died on his way to pick me up. And he comes to the front door and my dad answers. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, I think I'm at the wrong house. My dad's like, well, who are you looking for? And he's like, Nah, you know, I'm at the wrong house. I got to go. So he leaves, comes back a few minutes later, knocks on the door again. And my dad answers it. And he's like, did you figure out what you're looking for? He's like, yeah, uh, is Patrick here? And my dad's like, yeah, one sec and calls me and comes out. And I remember getting home and my dad was still laughing about it with my brother and my mom um, because he was just so entertained by the confusion on this man's face. As fun and entertaining as all of this may be, there was also the other side of it where I felt like I was constantly searching for these answers. And, you know, growing up with my mom and my dad, I had, you know, all the European recipes. I could ask them about their family and their family history. However, I didn't have this from the other side. And so I found that to be a challenge that I experienced a lot growing up because I wanted to know those answers and family legacy and history is something that became increasingly important to me as I grew up. So when I was applying to colleges, I had originally decided that I wanted to be a pediatrician. My mom ran an early learning center and I was good with science and I was like, listen, you combine the two and I can make a lot of money and make my dad proud. So let me do it. I determined that I was first going to apply for my nursing degree, um, get that, and then move on to med school and all the other steps. And I remember sitting with my friends, and we all got our university acceptances, and everyone was super excited, and I just wasn't as excited about mine. And I couldn't really place why, because I knew that it was something that I had convinced myself that I wanted to do because it would make my parents proud. It would make good money. It was something that played off of things that I was good at and all of those things. But it wasn't where that curiosity was going to lead me. And I remember speaking to one of my teachers and he was honestly probably the most impactful teacher I had all of my education throughout all of it. And he would sit in his classroom at lunchtimes if I just needed someone to talk to. And so I remember coming in with, you know, my university acceptance letter for a nursing program. And, you know, he was like, okay, but you know, this is temporary. Whatever you choose, you can change, but you don't always have to do something that you're not sure about. And he kind of helped me hone in and figure out, you know, what do I want to do? So it looked like a lot of career quizzes and a lot of talking to people and reading random biographies and trying to figure that out. And he taught psychology, which really got me into that, thus the attachment style rant. Um, And so you know, he kind of talked about what is a problem that you want to solve. And as much as he meant it for society, I took it as for me. And one of the things that I wanted to determine was more about what happened to my father. You see, when I was younger, we lived in Calgary, Alberta at the time. And I remember my mom calling me upstairs into her room and she sat me down and she said, you know, I have good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? And I said bad news because that's the kind of person I am. And she said that she was trying to connect me with my father 
since we finally lived in the same province and, you know, he was getting out of prison and she wanted us to be able to start to build that relationship. And she said when she was looking it up and trying to figure it out to set it up, that he had been murdered. And I just remember us sitting there and I had asked a few follow-up questions that were very vague. And he was never really a topic that we talked about ever in my house. Um, And so, you know, we cried together for a bit. And then, you know, she shared the good news was a fun trip that I was going on that summer. And at the time I was in grade six. And how do you go back to school and talk to people about this traumatic experience that you've just had? And when you're that age, you don't really have friends with the emotional maturity for it. At the time, my siblings were both still fairly young. So I felt I couldn't speak to them about it. And I couldn't speak to my parents about it because I didn't want to talk to my dad about my father and how I was mourning that loss when I had my dad. And I didn't want to talk to my mom about it because it wasn't really a topic that we ever covered or touched on. And so it was a very difficult thing to maneuver. And I didn't ask a lot of questions, so I didn't get a lot of answers. And when I did build the courage to ask the occasional question, oftentimes my mom wouldn't have the answer either. This was the problem that I decided to focus on when choosing college programs. And, you know, during this time when she had told me that my father had been murdered, my thoughts went two ways. One, I wanted to hire a private investigator to figure out exactly what happened. And two, I had so much vengeance and hatred built up towards the man that had murdered him. And so I decided to focus on the first one for going to college. And I had applied to a program that was focused on investigations. And out of the program, you got your security license, your private investigative license, and the college diploma as well. I had played it off to my friends and extended family as though I wanted to do this program because I wanted to make a difference in the safety and security of our country and all of this, which I did. And there was a short stint in the army that I did following this. However, as a career, it isn't something that really appeased me and it didn't play off of all of my passions and talents and skills and experience, which I think is important in a career. So I finished this college program. It took me three years instead of two, because in the second year, the second month in, I got into a really bad car accident and I actually had to put off the rest of the year. Near the end of the program, I remember speaking to one of my profs and he owned a PI firm. And, you know, I was talking to him and you know, the conversation started as, you know, becoming your own private investigator is a lot cheaper than hiring one. And, you know, he owned a firm for it. And so I had kind of explained the situation to him. And I just said, would you mind helping me and providing me with some of the resources to find these answers and just being that mentor for this project that I wanted to work on? And he looks at me and says, you know, okay, I can absolutely help you with that. And I will be completely anonymous to it. I'll be very discreet, private, um, all of these things. But I want you to know that what you find may not be the answer that you're looking for. And it may not be the answer that you want to hear. And I took this in tow and I took on this and said, you know, 
this is something that I need to figure out and I need to find the answers to and I would still like your help. And so he ended up helping me and we found everything that I was looking for in terms of that situation with my father and him being murdered and the individual that did it. And it turns out that the individual that had murdered him was violently murdered less than a year later. Um, And the suspicion from the investigation is that it was out of the motive of avenging my father's death. In the same way that my mom didn't have the answers, I also didn't have those answers. And so I think one of the main things that I want people to take away from this episode is that if you are a single parent or you're in this situation where you're kind of trying to determine how to talk to your children or the kids that you are taking care of about where they come from and who they come from, I think it's really important to be honest with them and to teach them those parts of their legacy. And a really essential key to this is to let children form their own judgments. So don't come at it like so-and-so's a really bad guy. He did this, this, and this. You can say he did this, this, and this, but let them come to these conclusions on their own because it's things like this and little moments where the honesty heals the hurt. They won't have to go and pay a couple thousand dollars for a PI or a couple thousand dollars to become a PI because they'll have those answers. And, you know, they won't always be wondering and they won't date bad guys because because it resonates with them, because so-and-so was a bad guy, they'll have these conclusions on their own. So the next episode coming out will be called West Coast Trip. And during this trip, I will actually be going to the site of my father's death. I will be going to his grave and I will be spending time with my half sister on that side. So please stay tuned because you're in for the next episode because you definitely will not want to miss it. If you want to find me online, my personal handle is Peachy Patra, and the podcast handle is Two Feet Apart, T-W-O, not the number. You can also contact me via email at twofeetapart at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you guys, and maybe your story can be featured in future episodes. So, hope you like this one. If you do, feel free to subscribe, share, comment, like, all the good things. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.